when you demonstrate that you've done a hundred or something, people will ask you, oh, what did you learn? You know, what what have you seen? Right? And uh, and as you attempt a hundred of anything, the chances that you make something like uncommonly good by accident is pretty high. Hey, friend, it's David Abinsky here in Brooklyn, here at the Portfolio Career Podcast to help you take ownership of your portfolio career and design the life that you want to live. Today's conversation is with Visa Khan Verasami, commonly referred to as Visa. He is the author of two ebooks called Friendly, Ambitious Nerd and Introspect. He is a prolific writer and creator on Twitter with over 40,000 followers on Twitter. In this episode, you'll learn how to use Twitter to share your ideas, to make friends, the benefit of doing 100 things of an activity like podcasting, leaving his job and using Patreon, how one tweet can change your life, and so much more. As always, this episode with Timestamp Notes is available on my website at PortfolioCareerPodcast.com. There, you can subscribe to my newsletter called One Email Away, which has the best insights from the podcast and front source job opportunities. So excited for you to build and grow your portfolio career. Here we go with Visa. Visa, welcome to the show. Hey, David. Thanks for having me. So I'm curious, as we're getting started here, what, uh, how would you describe your relationship with Twitter? My relationship with Twitter. Well, you know, I signed up for it the same way I signed up for everything else. You know, I wasn't, I didn't know what I wanted to do with it. I was, I was on it fairly early on, like 2007, but it was mainly just to, you know, follow celebrities at the time and, and tweet my friends. And uh, it was just this background thing that I would check in from time to time. So, I mean, I didn't even get my first smartphone until 2013. So I used to, I remember I used to like, be on my parents computer like sometimes i would like it, so it wouldn't happen every day i wouldn't tweet every day back then but once in a while i would have a thought and I, I, I it's so strange now to think back that i would go and like turn on my parents computer and go to the website and, and tweet a thought and like nobody would reply so you so I, I can go back and look at those old tweets and like hmm <laughs> what was i thinking there i think it's just twitter i guess encourages like the posting of just straight thoughts that were short at the time uh anyway i so I've always had a Twitter. I've I used to just post like stray nonsense to it from time to time. But it was only I think around twenty fifteen ish that I kind of found my people, which were like uh I would say it's the the people who like rib the ribbon farm blog readers. Like there's a bunch of nerds who are just hanging out around that space. And yeah, I just you know I, they were like tweeting about intellectual kind of philosophical stuff just ideas and i would hang out and and reply to them and it it, it just felt like you know I, w- I wouldn't say that i set out to do that you know i just kind of randomly like if you go back really far enough you see me, I'm, I'm like replying to celebrities <laughs> replying to just any, anyone i could i guess randomly without much plans or thoughts but my ribbon farm reply sphere seemed to be kind of active and it was fun and i was check i would check in on it often and I also did it for work. So I used to work at a company called Referral Candy. And uh, I was like in marketing. So like in the process of doing that marketing, I would be tweeting on behalf of the company at like e-commerce brands and, and uh, entrepreneurs and just, just that sphere of things. And I kind of got to see for myself like, wow, you can actually just add anyone uh, anywhere at any time. And and I, I witnessed people kind of responding positively and, and, you know, relationships being built and stuff. And I think I internalized it. Oh, you can you could do that as an individual too. 
right? And so when I left my job eventually, which I loved, but when I eventually left, uh, I was determined. My so my childhood dream was to be like a writer. You know, even before I started work, I used to blog a lot. And at work, I was writing a lot, but I didn't have much time and space to to do my own personal writing. So when I left my job in 2018, I was determined to write as much as I could on every medium that I had access to. And my Twitter just started blowing up. Like I, I was tweeting and blogging and, and like posting on Reddit and all kinds of stuff. And for some reason, my Twitter was just a place that started blowing up. And so I'm very grateful for that. I feel like uh, it's it's been the the kind of generative engine of opportunity in my life for the past few years. Like, and it's funny that you're asking me this today because I do feel like most recently I've been getting a bit tired of it and, um, but not, not like in a bad way. I just feel like I've been tweeting a lot, right? For like four years ish. And I just want to do different things. I think I, I feel like I'm, I'm doing reruns at this point. Uh, I still love the people on it. I love, you know, like waking up or, you know, seeing what my friends are going through or what they're up, like, if I can say something helpful, or introduce them to someone else, like all of that is a lot of fun. So I kind of think of Twitter, I guess it's like, it's like a coffee shop, I guess, with all, with friends from all over the world. And, you know, you read about these, like if you read about the history of coffee shops all the way back to like when it started in the 800s, all the 800s, I don't know, just in that middle ages-ish, like mm-hmm. uh, it was this, there was this burst of like creative and intellectual output where people are not drunk all the time or they're not, you know, they're stimulated right, from the caffeine. And they it's, but it's not just the, the drug itself, it's that they're going to the, these places and they would intermingle with other people who are also kind of thinking out loud and stuff. And yeah, I feel like there's that. I feel like Twitter for me is, I mean, I, there's many different metaphors you can use. You can call it a bar and, it may, and it's like maybe at different times of the day, it has different vibes or it depends on who you're talking to. But I just love that on my phone, I can like you know, tapping on glass and, and like transmit thoughts from one brain to like a network of thousands of brains that I care about, that like smart, thoughtful, kind people. And yeah, I, I just, I just, it's, it's like this mega mind sort of uh, group home. <laughs> uh, it's just, it's this very nice, uh, it, it can get frustrating sometimes, I guess, because when, when people are, you know, caught up in arguments or the vibe the vibe is off quote unquote uh but for the most part i'm really glad i have it you know um and i remember like every other year or so i have in singapore i have these like military commitments where i gotta just go and sit in a camp for a while and i remember like four years ago i didn't really have any friends on like my twitter was not very active and so i would just be bored like sitting there doing nothing for two weeks and the last time I went, which is like last year, it's so fun to, even if I didn't have time to like write much, it's so fun to just kind of check in on what everyone's doing all the time. Uh, and yeah, so I really appreciate that. It makes me feel more like a part of the world. You know, I remember mm. I have like this Instagram post from like 2015, which is like at 3 a.m. I'm like taking a photo of, of out the window of like all the house, the apartments and it's all like quiet and dead. And I'm like, I remember I think the caption was something like, I want more out of life. I just feel like I'm, I'm, kind of alone kind of isolated kind of just some guy in his house some in some you know not very interesting part of a country far away from where things seem to be happening and now it's like oh and i can wake up to pee in the middle of the night and like if i check my if i just glance at my phone i'm like there's so much happening all the time and i'm and like i'm welcome in it and you know there is a downside to that where you go too far and you get like all 
tied up in other people's business or you just get, you know, there's all this, this infinite stuff to read. But I prefer that to feeling disconnected and, and like disenfranchised from the world, quote unquote. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lot, but yeah. Yeah. And, and so it sounds like obviously uh, it's been, um, uh, you talked about how your audience really grew and at, at different points and, and being able to connect with so many different people. Talk to us about a tweet by, I think her name is Stephanie Hurlbut. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. That may have um, kind of had an impact on your life or your thinking. Maybe talk to us a little bit about that example, if that comes to mind. Yeah. She deleted the tweet, sadly. But uh, she, it well, I think she regularly deletes her tweets. But I, I think she tweeted something like um, people who uh, have, she, let me just look it up so I, I get it right. Right. So she was reflecting on mentoring and networking checks she's had in the US. And people who didn't come from money can be so afraid of looking like they want a quote unquote free handout or can't do things on their own. But people who come from money tend to ask for tons, tons of things directly with no shame. And at the point at that point in time, I was like, oh, you know, I'm I'm kind of broke. I don't really know what my next steps are gonna be. And I'm afraid to look like I'm, you know, I used to think that, oh, if you're doing a Patreon. And it's funny because I realized that when I see other artists doing Patreons, I'm like, hell yeah, good for you. You know, like make sure you you like get your get the support that you need to do the work that you want to do. But when I think about myself, I'm like, oh no, people are gonna call me uh like a like a cheapskate or like a you know, like someone asking for handouts. And so that was my resistance in starting a Patreon for myself. But then when I read that tweet, I'm like, oh, but like there are, it reminded me there are people who, you know, like I remember once I had, I have a friend who runs uh, like a magazine, like a digital luxury something magazine. And he once invited me to like an event where I think it was like an alcohol company, like a spirits, like some vodka company. Uh, it might have been Grey Goose, but I'm not sure. Uh, to, they they were hosting like an event like for for I can't remember what it was but like it was a very kind of wealthy coded event and so there were like cars and models and everything it's like way out of my my usual life but he invited me to go and I was just struck by like how much free shit they give out to everybody everywhere like goodie bags and perfumes and I was like holy shit like you know like this is such a different world if you've not been used to that. And so this tweet also kind of reminded me of that. And I'm like, oh, like, I mean, there's, there's, there's no need to like moralize it, right? Like, it's just the stuff that if you ask for it or you go to the places and you're confident, you can just get it, right? And, and it, you can worry about whatever else later. And so when I read Stephanie's tweet, I was like, oh my God, I've been, ang- I've been kind of anxious about how some people might perceive me doing a Patreon when I also knew that like from, from all the things that people have said to me over the years, like people would definitely support me. So it's, it's, it became a, it just made it, I think her tweet just made it very clear to me that I had a decision to make and it was my feelings about people who don't even care about me that was holding me back from letting people who do care about me support me. And that just became something about that, that precise angle just made it unbearable for me. I'm like, okay, I got to start a patient right now. And I did. And it now pro it's like, I'm very blessed that I have people who support me and like I I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing without it like it's it, I would just have to spend like half my time at least or like more than that like like doing work to pay the bills so yeah it's amazing what one person's tweet can do for someone else wow right yeah it's crazy <laughs> and and so you've been you know encouraging people to be more involved with Twitter share their thoughts share their experiences etc 
make friends. What, what do you, um, how, how do you, how do you think people could use Twitter to make more friends or yeah. Okay. Um, so I think, I guess I would start by saying that a lot, like it's people have to stop a bunch of, well, they don't have to, but my advice is to stop doing a bunch of stuff that comes kind of naturally based on like what it, what seems normal, which is that, you know, people think of Twitter as, Oh, it's the place where people are like venting and angry and, and like, you know, you follow like politicians and celebrities and it becomes this very screaming match public commons. Like I think there is a lot, I, I've encountered people who assume that and, and they behave in that way because they assume that that's the only way, only game in town. Right. And so my, my like first recommendation is like unfollow the politicians, unfollow like the big celebrities who will never reply to you. Like, and, and really think of it as a space where you can talk to people like 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 a public park or a coffee shop or whatever and sure the first like 100 people you talk to me and and so you know i can advise people now like come and hang out in my twitter mentions because my twitter mentions are full of other people who also want to play the game that i'm playing where we be kind to other people and you make friends and you get to know each other and you build you kind of build relationships over time so yeah if you can find one of these people and you know i'm i'm one of them i have a, a list of I have a thread of like other people who are like have fewer followers who are also like that because now I'm I'm at like I think 40 43,000 followers that that can be a bit intimidating for some people but I have friends who have like a thousand followers and they have the time and energy to kind of notice any new people who come along and and so it's, I'm trying to create like that network of network kind of thing but yeah so find find kind and good people and just hang out in their replies so just reply to their tweets and try to reply you know you know, encouraging way or like if they say something, try and, and be supportive. And so I have this thread called about good reply game. And, you know, being supportive doesn't necessarily mean that, oh, you have to just kind of suck up and, and agree with everything they're saying or like, oh, that's so great when you don't think it's great. But it's more of like trying to be supportive of, of the game that they are trying to play. So if you're going to disagree try to disagree in a way that's interesting or like in a way that contributes because some people just see it as, oh, it's a stream of thoughts. And then here's a, here's a thought I don't really like, and I'm going to respond like kind of abrasively and then just move on. Cause I'm not going to interact with the person again, but you should kind of, my, my recommendation is to realize that if you have a nice exchange with someone, there's a chance they'll follow you back. And, and it, again, it might not be the, it might not even be the person who, you're responding to sometimes i find that um you respond thoughtfully to someone and someone else sees that and they're like oh what a thoughtful response and then they follow you because you're in public and so you could even you could even reply thoughtfully to like public figures and the public figure themselves might never see your tweet but everyone else who's a bunch of other people who are scrolling through might see it and you can actually make friends that way uh things like that and you know i also recommend like updating your bio to to say what you're interested in so that people can know what to say to you or just know what to expect uh yeah i have this whole if you go to i have a blog post that's like visagonv.com slash marketing slash twitter where i kind of have like this long list of all the things you can do to be better at this and there's like a video in the links but like yeah you know it's at, at the heart of it is really just remember that everyone else on Twitter or like most people, most accounts on Twitter are people. Well, not most, I don't know, like there's bots and stuff, but like there are people on Twitter, right? <laughs> and um, you can make friends with people by being being kind, you know, being nice somewhat. And uh, I think some people think that sounds like a lot of work, but uh, so you can seek out the kind of people that you want to be friends with, right? You can seek out people who 
uh, interested in the same ideas and the same hobbies, right? And then you find those people and it becomes easy to follow up on, you know, like um, I, I think I remember doing a thread where I demonstrated like if you suddenly develop an interest in swords, like, you know, weapons, uh, you can find other people who are also interested in it. And then it's very easy to follow, like you just search swords on a sword guy on Twitter and you'll see all these tweets from people who are actually like getting into it. And then if, if that's your interest, it's very easy to follow them. And then just like respond like, oh, what's that? You know, that's so cool. Where do you get that? Like just, just kind of be curious and supportive. And then, you know, they'll friend you back pretty much. And then if you get into it yourself, they'll also be interested. And so you can do that for any hobby, any pursuit. And so yeah, find your people, be be supportive, encouraging, and they'll find you back. And then, and so that might take a little bit of time at the start, but then once you get that going, uh, it's very satisfying. Yeah. And so it sounds like, you know, made a bunch of friends on Twitter, you know, uh, built an audience, which then is uh, supporting you through kind of then th- told them about your Patreon, et cetera. And so it sounds like you've gotten a lot of value from from Twitter. Is there anything else um, about Twitter that you'd want to share? I mean, so I guess just the thought that, I mean, the, the, it, so I think I would say Twitter is a great place to get started as a creative. Like, so if you don't know if you're a creative, right? Uh, that's, like a lot of the people who should be creatives, I think, um, they just haven't gotten their start yet. And Twitter is a great place to get your start because you can just think out loud about what you would like to do. And that itself counts as doing something. But I would I would add that um, if you found kind of a, a rhythm and a voice from trial and error, uh, you probably can't like make a living on Twitter alone. Like, uh, and if, you know, I, I think I did some like, like calculations and analysis and I found that if, for example, if you go on Patreon and you look at like the top, like several hundred people on Patreon, like there's nobody there who's on, who's there because of Twitter, right? It's like podcast, YouTuber, YouTuber, podcast, podcast, YouTuber. And it makes sense because, you know, people are much like, like when you sit down and listen to a podcast or you sit down and watch a video, you have a much more in-depth relationship with the person that you are consuming, watching, listening to. And um, in contrast, like tweets tend to be like, oh, you see it, oh, interesting, haha, funny tweet, then you scroll past it. So you don't build as much of a deep relationship in over time. So I would recommend that... um, well, again, it depends on what you want. So if it just kind of, if you do, you know, if you're like a, if you work in software or, you know, you have some co- proper career and you just want to use Twitter as a, like a fun way to network with people and connect, that's that's great. But if you want to do more than that, I recommend that once you find your voice and rhythm, like it's, you should probably write, uh, you know, you could do a Substack, you could do a podcast, you could do a YouTube channel, whatever, like try and do something more substantial that will let you kind of, uh, conduct your audience's attention better like over like in a bigger space over a longer period of time so you you, you well, i mean that's once once you that's once you figure out what it is that you have to say you know different people are at different stages yeah. of their journeys and i think uh, a lot of people who are interesting are kind of like in that early nascent stage where they don't yet know if they're creative and yeah so i do think twitter is a great place for finding your voice, screwing around, because it, it takes no effort to, or it takes like very, very minimal effort to just kind of experiment and tweet. And if the tweet doesn't do, doesn't do well, people forget it in seconds. So, yeah. Okay. And and so then let's say people start tweeting, you know, and you also talked about kind of if people are de- developing their bodies of work and stuff, talk to us about uh, developing a big body, speaking of bodies of work, developing a big body of work, a portfolio of work. You've written a million words. <laughs> well, um, um... 
So I have a project to write a million words. And uh, so I, I technically I have written over a million words in multiple places, but I do have a specific writing project where I'm trying to go zero to a million in one place. And in that project, I'm at like 800,000 something, something. But yeah, I have also written a million words all together. If you include that, plus my blog, plus my tweets, plus blah, blah, blah. But anyway, you're saying? Yeah. And, and so that's a, uh, that project is around doing a thousand reps of mm -hmm. a thousand words. Yes. Um, aiming to be prolific. Uh, mm -hmm. And talk to us about, I think, doing a hundred things. That mm -hmm. you were talking about there is a thousand things, and obviously there's a lot of right. benefits to a thousand things. But another thing that I think you're very popular for is around the concept of doing a hundred things. So as mm -hmm. people are starting to think about developing their own portfolios, talk to us about mm -hmm. like the importance of doing a hundred things. Right. Okay. I wouldn't say it's necessarily like important. So the funny thing is, having come up with the phrase and having kind of shared it around, I've gotten the privilege of seeing how differently different people interpret that phrase. So some people get it immediately. They're like, oh, wow, that's great. I'm going to do it. And other people are like, oh, that's so much stuff. That's so overwhelming. You know, I, I, I can't even do one or two good things. How am I going to? And I'm like, it's it's funny because the only thing in the phrase is do 100 things. But people, people project onto it and they, they assume it's like, oh, do 100 good things consistently well, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, I, I literally mean like do. So if like the, the kind of expanded version of it for people's like, to manage people's expectations is like do a hundred crappy things for no real reason. It's okay if you don't finish it. Just screw around, see what happens. And yeah, so the point of do hundred things is it's not it's not about like a finished project for people to like purchase and consume as like a polished thing. It's more of like it's it's a mode of exploration. And sometimes you might start you might embark on like this journey of trying to do a hundred or something. And maybe you do like five or ten, and then you're like, eh, it's not really for me. That's perfectly fine like you can you know abandon a hundred attempts at doing a hundred things even you know what i mean so it's it's not about the finished output it's not about like it's it's really just about expanding your concept of what is possible right and if you want to give up on any of it it's totally fine as well because i remember when i was like a teenager and i was trying to play in a band and also when i was writing back then right i was so um constrained by my compulsion to try and make like good things i was trying to make like a good song and i would rework and rework the same song for months and months and it would still be crap and i would feel so shitty about it and now i realize oh you should just write many more songs because you're when you're trying to improve on a song your concept of what a good especially if you're just starting out your concept of what a good song is is itself not very well refined so it's like you're trying to improve it's almost like you're 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 trying to you know, tweak something, but you can't even really see. So it's like whatever tweaks you make, they're still kind of bad because you can't see what you're doing. So the only way to get better at seeing what you're doing is to do a bunch of different things. And then you can look at it from different angles and you can start to see patterns and you start to know what you like and what you don't like. And yeah, so that's what 100 things, do 100 things is about. It's it's not about, oh, I have to do so much. You know, you, you can think of it as do five things, do 10 things, whatever. It's just do more than what you're currently doing and like, be okay with being done with whatever you're doing and move on to something else. Do like minimum effort, you know, like, or, or if you want to put a lot of effort, you can, you know, it's, it's really up to you. It's, it's not a, it's not a, like, it's a generative kind of instruction. It's, it's for you to experiment with and make it your own and figure out what your style is. And I do think everybody has a, has a unique style based on their personality and, you know, their biology maybe, and like their culture, their family, whatever it is that, that your personal style is. And it could be that you want to do, 
a hundred drafts and then you only release one thing that you publish. That's also fine. You know, all, you know, just whatever it is that you like, you know, it's, I think each person will interact with it differently and it's how, what you get out of it that matters. You know, I, I don't expect people to follow some, and I, I would never follow a strict formula of some kind because I'm too bouncing off the walls, crazy. Uh, but yeah, some, some people might like very strict structure and they find it comforting. Maybe I, I find it overwhelming. So, but yeah, you know, so to, to each their own. But I just think that, and so to frame it in terms of like portfolios, anybody who's done a hundred of anything is interesting. Like you have, like if whether you've read a hundred books or you've made a hundred dishes or you've, you know, learned, been dancing for a hundred days as a lady who did that. Because if you do, it's it's not like natural to do a hundred things casually overnight like, or like over a period of time. Like a hundred, a hundred things is like a journey in a direction. And when you, you'll end up somewhere new along the way and you learn something in that process. You know, when you, when you demonstrate that you've done a hundred or something, People ask you, oh, what did you learn? You know, what what have you seen? Right? And, and as you attempt a hundred of anything, the chances that you make something like uncommonly good by accident is pretty high. You know, it's like, so maybe you do like B quality work, B, 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 B. Then like just on number 27, you just, you, you the gods were shining on you or like you just, you, fuck, you made a mistake in some unexpected way. And it's like, oh my God, that's so good. And then you can like reverse engine. You can try and reverse engineer it and learn from it. And then now your your whole game levels up. But even if it doesn't, like you can then put that in your show reel or whatever, and be like, "Hey, this is such a nice song or such a nice, you know, blog post or whatever." And I don't know how I did it, but it's, it's mine, right? Because we all we we take um we we feel so burdened by the blame for our failures, but we also get to take credit for our successes even for the same way, right? And yeah, you know, I I think that. So even back to the Twitter question of like, oh, what do I talk about? Who do I talk to? Like, if you've done a hundred of something, that becomes like, you know, like a like a wingman for you, right? It, it will it will precede you. You can talk about it. I, oh, I'm the person who has made a hundred sculptures, or I I have, you know, uh, I'm looking around just whatever whatever it is that you you, you know mixed a hundred mixtapes. So, oh, hundred podcast episodes. <laughs> yeah, exactly, 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 and. Uh, I mean, you've done more than that, right? You've done like 250-ish. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome, right? And so even like you can compare like your first episode with your 50th and your 100th and and you will see like, I, so even that you can just look back at the older stuff and then you can you can share what you've learned. And I think, you know, so even if it's a thing that every, but like each journey is slightly unique. Right. So even if even if uh, the principles of podcasting or the principles of blogging or whatever are generally kind of the same or generally, you know, the vague general stuff is, is similar, the specific challenges that you've dealt with will be interesting to specific people in specific ways. So that is always worth doing. And, and some, sometimes it's so fun, funny that um, I can meet someone who has already done a lot of something and they don't realize that their body of work is a portfolio and like is something that they can just sit down with and look at and and glean insight from and and kind of you know and when you just point that out to them it's like you created value out of quote unquote nothing like it's just helping them see you already have all this amazing stuff and you just need to kind of take it seriously and respect it and and appreciate it yeah and it it seems like you know through the you know the the million word project mm-hmm. and you also talked about earlier around you know patreon and stuff it seems like you've been kind of optimizing 
your life for, you know, being prolific and, and, Mm -hmm. and making friends. Um, Mm -hmm. what do you think is, is kind of behind that? Hmm. Um, that's interesting. Let's see. Uh, well, the friend stuff, you know, I think from childhood, I always felt like a misfit in my life. Like I'm a, I'm an ethnic minority where I'm from. I'm very tall. I'm strange looking. Uh, and, uh, you know, I used to love music. I used to love the sense of, of kinship that I would have at like local concerts. And it just, there's, there's something about that vibe of, you know, the whole crowd kind of like headbanging together or whatever. You just feel like you're a part of something bigger. And I mean, I think that's a very natural human impulse. But yeah, I, I, I felt cut off from that when I was young. And then when I learned to kind of get it, it was so fulfilling that I wanted to, have more of that and I wanted to uh, you know I, I guess I made a pact with my younger self that I would solve that problem for myself like with the loneliness being disconnected disenfranchised and once I solved it for myself I would help anyone else who was struggling in the same way who wanted help and so that's kind of my thing like having a, a, a friend network but also um, I also think that you know if you read history and you see where like what? What is the what makes cool shit happen? So I I want to see cool shit happen, and I just I think it's just it's cool. And if you look at the history of how cool shit happens, it's really it's always like a group of friends. It's always like a bunch of people in a coffee shop or in a bar or in a garage or just a bunch of cool people meeting and hanging out in roughly the same space. You know, like Gertrude Stein's salons every week with Picasso and Hemingway, and like like you know, great people inspire other great people, and you you put them in like roughly a a loose configuration of of just being around each other you know tolkien inspires c.s lewis and like you get both lord of the rings and narnia and like yeah you know so if you like cool shit and you want to see cool shit happen you should find people who do cool shit and introduce them to each other and then you know each they will almost challenge each other to be better by one-upping each other there's this great video of uh pharrell williams and timberland and they're both like like um celebrating each other's beats and they like mem- they have each other's beats like memorized. They can like they can just like beatbox the beats, and they're both just like oh when that came out that was so amazing. I dropped everything and I had to go and make something better. And you know it's like the whole world um gets to enjoy the the benefits of like two a handful of creative people kind of trying to impress each other. And like you know even science, I think you look at the history of science, it's like people kind of figuring stuff out. And it's like yeah, I've been meaning to get back into writing about this, but it's like the market like the free market is not quite enough to challenge people to make like very very amazing things like it's it it there's all people always want to kind of be you know and you get you get like like the typical summer movies or whatever right like it's just the market wants x and then you get x plus one and then you get x plus one like which is fine so it's incremental very slow improvement but like the really like dramatic improvements they tend to come from people who are motivated by something more than like money so it's, and it's usually I, I like to say that they, they they want glory like glory for Valhalla or for the glory of God or whatever you want to put it but it's like for for history right like to really kind of think past beyond um just your immediate circumstances and your immediate market conditions and whatever like I want to build a company or build a sports team or whatever that will be echoed through eternity like people will talk about decades from now centuries from now and I, I think that's just a fun way, exciting way to live. Like to wake up in the morning, like, ooh, like, and I, and I don't, I mean, I don't inhabit that state like every day when I wake up. I, I would be cool if I did, but, uh, you know, I, I have to come back to it like every few weeks or every month or so 
But when I do, I, I find that it it charges my life with meaning. Like just to to feel like if I am in this space and I'm seeking out people and and I'm encouraging them and I'm I'm introducing people to each other and like it just feels like like there's more possibility and excitement in my life. And so that that's what I think it kind of comes back to. Yeah. And, and and I think is that that's what you kind of call the friendly ambitious nerds. Like that's kind of the group mm-hmm. that, and then you wrote a book on that. Yeah. I mean, so it's funny because uh, the book, I, so I, people would periodically ask me, Hey, I like your tweets. Do you have a book? And I'm like, Oh no, not yet. And, and there are a bunch of book ideas that I had, but I wasn't satisfied with any of them because I feel like whatever your first book is, it's what people will introduce you as the author of. So I have I have interest in marketing, I have interest in ADHD, but I don't like the idea of being introduced as, hey, meet Visa, the author of the ADHD diary, so the author of XYZ marketing. Like, I don't want those things to define me. So I so I figured, okay, what do, what do I want to define me? So I asked my friends, like, uh, how do you introduce me to other people? Like, if you, if you want to show off my tweets or you want to just, you know, show them my stuff. And so a bunch of responses were, oh, you know, you're so friendly, you're so kind, you're so blah, blah, blah. A bunch of them were like, wow, you're so prolific, you write so much, you blah, blah, blah. And then a bunch of them, you're very curious, you ask a bunch of questions. And 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 I kind of laid out all the words that they would use. And I kind of try to combine group whatever the similar things were. And friendly ambitious nerds seemed to be the, the three variables that came up a lot. And and then, it, funny, it's only after writing the book uh, that... So I don't actually talk about this in the book itself right now. But I want to update it to include it in the next version. But um, there's all this... When I try to understand like what those variables are, it 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 seemed to generalize beyond myself quite dramatically. Like it's just these are skill sets that people have had throughout history. And where you find, you know, it's it's it took me at, at first it seemed kind of like, am I being like Am I projecting myself onto other people in history? But no, if you, if you kind of just think of it as I'm, I'm just using a specific language or a specific phrasing to describe something that already exists and has always existed. And then I started seeing like, oh, there are all there have been these like super connectors throughout history. So I, I have a whole bunch of examples. Like um, some of my favorites are like um, Erasmus, who was this Dutch guy in, and they, they named the like Europe school exchange after him. And he was like, he was born... Uh, his his orphan at a young age, and he's like broke and, and just kind of kind of a sad life. But but then he just wrote a hell of a lot of letters to everyone he could, and like he he went to li- like went to the library, worked in a print shop, and he just he corresponded with thousands of people, including like the Pope and like kings and everything, just purely out of like his reply game, you know, being good at writing letters, and like people credit him with. A bunch of stuff like he was just this connecting person uh much more recently i did watch this documentary about clarence avant who's this uh in in like his they call him the black godfather like he is he's pretty old now but like uh he was very instrumental to being like this super connector in like the black entertainment industry in the u.s in like the 50s 60s 70s like with quincy jones and and oprah and all like all those people like he was just always there like he knows everyone people he introduces people to other people and encourages them and i'm like oh wow like this is really a skill set that people have and they use it to bring people together and and make cool shit happen and yeah so now i think what's next for me after art- like so stage one was like articulating it for myself and stage two i think is using it as a lens to look back into history and just look around the world and see look for patterns because i think there are a lot of things that seem different but remarkably have similar patterns in how they work 
and maybe we can piece together like a like a playbook of sorts for other people to follow ish like i mean it, it shouldn't be like a narrow like set of instructions but like just guidelines that people can think about and 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 follow and and put their own spin on yeah it's it sounds like you know uh when i read it, it's like you are kind of tr- trying to encourage the community builder the the connector to kind of like keep going and that can have a mm. you know a big kind of ripple effect on society more so yeah. than you may think yeah that's the that's the dream yeah <laughs> um and so earlier you mentioned how like twitter can um you know maybe one tweet can kind of change mm-hmm. uh someone's life mm-hmm. is there anything else you want to you want to kind of share about um some of the topics we talked about today whether it's twitter Friendly ambitious nerds developing a portfolio work, thinking about what to optimize for. Well, I would say that um, you know the challenge at the heart of everything is always managing your psychology. So this is a phrase I got from Ben Horowitz, who wrote uh, the hard thing about hard things. And it's funny because even for me, like I would say, the in recent weeks I haven't been at my most um, sort of lively. So I mean, I had a great trip to SF like two weeks ago. And since coming back, I've just been tired, I guess, and like physically and and psychologically, like just it's been a lot. And uh, I'm still almost, I'm still kind of. Rec- I finished my second book back in February earlier this year, and I've, I've since then I've been kind of thinking about a bunch of essays that I want to write, and it's been exhausting psychologically. Like this is a lot of it's a lot of work inside my head, and there's not a lot to show for it, and I've been frustrated with myself about it. It's pretty, it's pretty funny especially since like my second book was about not be about how to deal with your internal struggles and stuff. And even having written that, like, you know, it's still, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't make the problem go away. You just get better at dealing with it, but it's, the dealing with it is still tricky and challenging, which is what managing your psychology is all about. And I guess that's what I would, you know, I would want to kind of uh, say to listeners or just anybody, just, you know, like just as like one tweet can change your life. Like the thing that I think would have, another thing that I would like to hear more and so I'm going to say it, like talk about it it's just it's it's okay to struggle it's okay to like just sometimes not feel like you know what you're doing uh, to feel like oh you've been working on this thing for so long and it's not paying off the way you would want it to you're not being appreciated enough for what you're doing like all of these things are, are very normal and um, people don't talk about it as much as I think would be like optimal because again it's like the upside is unknown and the downside is quite known and so it's like you know again it's like i mean it's, it's that point about like you know if you go scroll through instagram or whatever it's like you see everyone's show reels like the highlight reels and then you come you contrast it with how you're feeling inside any given day it's like ah oh, shitty whatever and yeah i just want to offer encouragement to people and be like you know like it's normal to struggle it's normal to not be super hyped 24 7 all the time like uh and you can kind of you can come back to whatever it is that that excites you and encourages you from time to time like it'll still be there for you even if if you have to leave it for a while because you're tired or overwhelmed or whatever yeah you know i think again like so even with friendly ambitiousness i think i was laughing to myself recently that like, like there's there's no rest inside that triangle like it's just like it was one of my one of my issues is like uh i i, I never really learned to to rest like my parents were business owners so they were always working all the time and i wouldn't say i'm a workaholic like i I don't seek work out but like i just never learned to like chill out and just not do anything for a while and uh yeah you know i i would hate to i, I think people pick up 
the anxieties of their heroes or like the people that they look up to and whatever and like you, you don't realize it but you you inherit what you like about them but you also inherit the bad stuff and i would like to not <laughs> pass on like my kind of always grinding kind of i mean I, I wouldn't describe myself as a grinder but like um i would like to i'm I'm not great at resting and i would like to learn how to do it and i would like to encourage people to to rest if they need to you know and uh yeah long game long Slow game. And sustainable yeah and uh so for people that want to stay in touch and continue to learn twitter and and mm-hmm. youtube are, are the best mm-hmm. places what are uh do you mind sharing yeah. those those yeah, you can just google me i guess and just pick whatever you like i have a tiktok as well but i hardly post on it i would like to post more but I, it's twitter it's a full-time job just trying to write my essays but yeah if you just google my username uh i'm, I'm on like every platform amazing thank you so much visa thank you hey friend thank you for tuning in to this special episode of portfolio career podcast would love to hear what you learned and what you enjoyed. Um, you can find me on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, whatever is best for you. And as a reminder, I'm just one email away as well. This episode with timestamp notes is available on my website at portfoliocareerpodcast.com. There you can subscribe to my newsletter called One Email Away, which includes the best insights from the podcast and friend sourced opportunities. So excited for you to build and grow your portfolio career. Thank you so much. 